Welcome to Good Patron, a production of UTR Media. I'm your host, Garrett Godfrey, and on this show, I explore what it means to be a good patron, asking how each of us can be a good patron of the bands and musicians we appreciate. I'm glad you're here, so stick around, because we have got some exploring to do. Now, if you saw the episode title, you already know some of the artists I'll be covering, but here's the full list. I'll be covering campaigns and pre-orders for music by Candice Coker, Sarah Groves, Ash and Eric, Josiah Z, Mike Westendorf, the Gin Miller Music Collective, the Pretty Brown Reconciliation Project, Morella's Forest, and the Lassie Foundation, with links to all of these in the show notes. And if you've listened before, you know that I'll cover one way you can be a good patron and issue you a challenge. But first, I'd like to tell you about our Spotlight campaign. I first became aware of the music of Candace Coker, a singer-songwriter in Trinidad, when friend of the podcast Larry Stephen mentioned her music to me and told me she was going to be launching a campaign soon and was working with Lori Chaffer from Waterdeep. I mentioned last episode that the campaign was coming, but now it's live, and I want to tell you all about this new 10-song studio album, Bear and Bones. But first, I want to let Candice tell you more about herself and this project. So I give to you my interview with Candace Coker, recorded last week. So I want to talk to you about your current Indiegogo campaign for your first ever 10-song studio album. But first, I want to rewind a bit. So what role did music play in your family growing up? Uh, Sure. So I grew up in a very musical family. Um, My grandma, she's a music teacher, so... Growing up, we she basically I used to have piano lessons in her study, and all of us cousins would we grew up together learning music. Um, so that was kind of our way of doing family as cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff. And then my dad um, was really good at the guitar growing up, so I learned the guitar from him. And then my family and I we all sang a cappella together because I grew up in a really conservative church that didn't allow instruments. And so that was kind of how we found our way of like beautifying the music without instruments. So So it wasn't against instruments as a whole, but just not during worship. Um, It was, I think it's a quite conservative church. And so um, I think it's kind of over time become a lot more flexible with the use of instruments. But definitely when I was growing up, um, they had, they had their views, you know, yeah. <laughs> on um, how instruments were allowed. But thankfully, my parents were very much lovers of instruments. And so at home, instruments kind of ran wild in our house. So that was really great. So how has music personally impacted you? Um, I think that for most of my life, it was just kind of connected to family and home. But I think that... Um, as I got older and I learned the guitar from my dad and I started kind of, because I was always a journaler, um, I wrote a lot, um, but as I got a bit older, um, I started to kind of marry the two with the journaling and the music. And um, I actually struggled with quite a bit of um, depression in high school and um I just had a lot of emotions and I had no idea, you know, as a kid, you don't know what to do with those. (laughs) And so, um, especially before bed, it would be really difficult for me to go to sleep. And so, um, I always found the guitar, like picking the strums of the guitar, really soothing for my mind. And, um, I was always fascinated by David and the Bible who could, you know, play the harp for soul and, you know, the tormenting spirits would leave. Um, But sometimes that's kind of how it felt was like your mind was just being plagued. And so I was like, okay, like, let's try this thing and see how it goes. And so I started quite heavily playing the guitar and singing before bed um, as a way to soothe myself. And then I would play it. I would um, record it in my little cassette tape. Um, and then I would play it back to myself before bed. And so, um, yeah, I guess music kind of became my way to soothe myself before bed. 
um, and kind of sing myself lullabies that were very specific to what I needed. And so that was kind of how my journey with songwriting and music like really became like part of me. And I think that, you know, I used to binge the radio growing up. I was in love with Sarah McLachlan songs, especially because I just felt like they spoke to my soul. Yeah. Um, I remember there was this one song, uh, I think it's The World's on Fire. The world's on fire. It's more than I could handle. And anytime I heard that song, I always felt really understood. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I think that music has just been something that God has gifted me um, as like a way of feeling known and seen and also as a way for me to learn how to self-soothe in moments when I had a lot of emotions. So So I'm going to guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess that early on you were just playing songs that you'd already heard and liked, but then later transitioned to writing your own? Or were you like right out of the gate starting to write your own songs to to work with well i i think i started with my own um because i i remember the first time when i picked up my dad's guitar like i discovered g i discovered not g d major just by like hearing it but i didn't know what it was you know i was just like oh these three things work together sounds good (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i would like play them in different ways and i i made up like a really terrible song with like three lines and i would sing it over and over but um it was easier for me to connect with the instrument that way um because at the time i didn't know any chords or anything like that so it definitely started with me kind of just singing my own mambo jumbo over the instruments. And then I started singing psalms over the instruments. Oh, yeah. And then eventually, like, I transitioned to using my own words. So nowadays, do you find the, in general, do you find the music coming first or the lyrics coming first? Uh, the music for me has always come first. Um I find it extremely difficult to start with lyrics. And I think for me, part of it is that because music for me is so deeply connected to feeling, um, sometimes the music kind of helps create that feeling, if that makes any sense. And sometimes I find that once I like set the tone with the instrumentation, the words it's kind of like the music leads the words yeah, rather totally. than anything else. I find that when I do the reverse, for me personally, um, the process becomes a lot more stiff. Um, and yeah, so I find that it's easier for me to start with the instrumentation and um, the lyrics kind of like flow out of that. Sometimes I don't understand why I say certain lyrics and then I'm like, hmm, why did that come out? And then I kind of follow that curiosity a little bit. So, And see where the song takes you. Exactly. Yeah. So you've been putting a lot of your music on YouTube for a while and mm-hmm. people have been asking about your music for a while. What, what kind of clicked and caused you now to pursue it more seriously? Uh, pursue it more seriously in terms of doing a studio album or just mm-hmm. pers- I think it's a combination of things one of them is just that this has been a secret dream of my heart for a really long time and I think that it took me really a long time to admit it to myself and so I actually started pursuing it fairly seriously in 2017 um, when I, I had gotten fired from my first job out of fresh out of business school and I had lost that job mainly because I wasn't very good at it Um, and they let me go really kindly in a coffee shop and that day actually I had to sing in the evening for something and so I had my guitar and change of clothes and everything and so I remember being let go from that job going home sobbing with my roommates and then going to this artist's um, event And I remember just standing in that room of artists and chatting with people and singing. And I just felt this sense like rise up in me, like God was saying, hey, this is what I want you to pay attention to. And I want you to stop treating it like a hobby (laughs) because it actually moves people. And so that night actually was when I felt 
like a very strong call of God to to pursue this. And I think I personally needed that because it was easy for me to brush aside music as like, oh, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I want a family. I don't want to because, you know, musicians have this stereotype sometimes of, you know, touring and um, not having any time for anything else. And I think like in my limited understanding of what it meant to do music, I didn't have any scope for like, hey, I can do this and have a very grounded, spirit-led, balanced family life as well. Right. Um, and it wouldn't be something that's selfish. And so I think God had to call me to it for me to really take it seriously. Um, and so that's kind of when I amped up like um, the YouTube things and pursuing um, releasing things on Bandcamp and that kind of thing. But when I came back home to Trinidad, I think honestly, I just felt dissatisfied with my limited scope of skills uh, because I knew that, you know, there's only so much I can do in my bedroom and I wasn't confident enough in what I was creating to, you know, put it out on Spotify and things like that. And um, so in 2020, actually, no, it was the start of this year, actually, I put out my last um, acoustic album on Bandcamp and um, one of my friends, Larry Steven, he's actually a friend of UTR's, he said, hey, like, this was really good. You should actually, like, think of pursuing it with a studio, with a producer, you know, and he connected me to Lori. And um, it was the first time I was like, hey, you know, I should actually, I should stop, you know, I should actually pursue this. And so he was a huge, um, he was a huge motivator in that. Very cool. Well, I'm a huge Waterdeep fan from yeah. years back. So to know that you're working with Lori Chaffer, like that's immediately a seal of approval. Like anybody that, that she's working with, I just hear that and I go, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did Had you already known of her music before Larry kind of put you in touch or? No. So, you know, I had, I had always known I wanted to do a studio album. And so I had had actually my eye on another producer that I had stalked on social media and kind of kept him in mind. Um, but when uh, when Larry connected me to Lori, I was like, oh, OK, this is I've never heard of this person before. And I listened to some of the things she created and I really liked it. And so I actually had conversations with both producers. And after having meetings with both of them, I was just like, I think Lori is it. And I think a huge part of that was the music that she created, but I think another part of that was just the person that she is. And I just sensed that I would work really well with her. She was immediately extremely encouraging and finding ways for our process of creating across oceans, right? To be as easy as possible. I was going to ask about that process too. What What's that like? Because you're not flying out to the US to record this. No. Mm -mm. So a lot of it had been, you know, on my end, providing very rough draft demos, sending it to her. Um, we would have, you know, Zoom conversations about, okay, what would I like it to sound like and things like that? What do I like? What don't I like? And then so she would kind of play on her end and then send me her um, rough drafts of like what she's thinking. And then we would kind of, um, you know, talk that through again on Zoom and we kind of back and forth like that. And then once she was complete, with like a general lay of the land with the backing track, then I I have some studio, I have some equipment in my room. So I actually recorded quite a bit of it. Well, all of my vocals actually in my bedroom at a very late hour of the night when everything was pretty No easy. noise. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been actually quite fun to, to work with what I have, I think, and to recognize that you know, my dream doesn't have to be this super lofty thing where I, you know, go into a studio here and book studio time. I would love to still do that, I think, in the future. But it was really helpful for me to see that I can do something really amazing with a producer in an accessible way to me right now. So the album title is Bear and Bones. And your tagline mm -hmm. on the campaign page says, Honest Songs for Honest Healing. Mm -hmm. What do you hope people will take away from this record? I think that for me, um, 
when I whenever I heard honest songs on the radio, um, how do I explain this? I find that music has a very sneaky way of healing you and challenging you at the same time. And um, I've always been a fan of that verse in the Bible that says, you know, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. And something that God has shown me in my life is that peacemaking is often, you know, a bit of like a, you know, uprooting certain things that are actually breaking peace in order for you to actually have genuine healing. And so I find my hope for this album is that it would both soothe and challenge and it would um, both be extremely calming, soothing, healing, beautiful for the mind and, you know, for the vocal, for the ears and everything to experience. Um, My hope is for as people listen to it that, you know, people in pain would actually have relief from pain and all those things. But I also hope that the songs will be honest enough to to kind of subtly challenge um, people as well to kind of look at honest things within themselves and kind of be motivated to uproot the things that are actually hindering their genuine healing and wholeness. So. Well, that makes sense. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about the recording process. What's the process been like preparing for and running this campaign? <laughs> well, it has been a lot of, of a lot of hard work. Um, this was something that I had on my heart to do since January when Larry had first um, suggested it. But for some reason, there were like huge mental and emotional blocks because it just seemed so big and scary in my mind. Um, And so it took several months of me going forward towards it and saying, okay, yes, starting planning and then coming up, experiencing these huge, almost like paralysis, you know? And I think, I don't know what happened, but in August, something just clicked And I think that God kind of just arrested my heart a bit and told me, hey, you're not selfish for creating music that you love because it actually serves people. Um, And if you've had deep healing for yourself, it's going to be deeply healing for other people too. And so I think that freed up my mind quite a bit to actually, you know, get the grind going. And so since then, it's been a lot of late nights, but fun late nights because um, some of the perks were, you know, I wrote a book um, and that was something that I've been working on before August, but quite a bit of it happened between August and now. A lot of late nights, a lot of silent writing retreats, a lot of 3 a.m. working on um, designs for merch and crafting my my brand story and um, all those things together it's been I've had so much fun um, to be honest because it feels like my baby and it feels like meaningful work but it definitely has been extremely um, it's been a grind (laughs) you know yeah are there any of the reward tiers that you're most excited about I am most excited about I think three of them are my favorite. So one of them is the book, mainly because I literally pour out my soul into that book. Um, because the book is, it's called Arrow, the ebook. And so um, the first song that I'm releasing this Friday actually is called Arrow. And it's just about the fact that all of our longings that we have in life ultimately points to God. And so this book um, is a combination of my stories, um, musings, poetry, prompts um, that kind of explores some of the longings that I have had and how I've seen them ultimately kind of connect to God. Um, It explores a lot of my story and it also just features some beautiful film photography by two of my friends from Vancouver. that I used to go to church with when I was there and they have been huge blessings to my life um, by being willing to partner with me in that. So that is something I'm really excited for people to read and experience. And 
it will also help give them a lot more context for what I create. Um, I'm also just excited for um, writing songs for people because I love doing that sometimes more than writing songs for myself. Um, it's kind of my way of loving people is being able to hear their stories and soothe them um, through the music that I create. So I'm really excited to write songs for people. And I'm also really excited for the virtual concerts. Um, it's one of the higher tiers, but the cool thing about it is that, you know, groups of people can come together and say, hey, let's let's pick this perk together. And I'm really excited to just meet people from different parts of the world and um, kind of have that concert experience. That it's like way. being able to do house shows. Anywhere. <laughs> I love, I love the intimacy of house shows. And so um, virtual concerts, that's something I'm really excited about. So for the ebook, did you find yourself like going back to all those journals from all those years ago and, and looking at kind of what's been percolating in there all along? Yes, I have stacks of journals right outside my bedroom and um so the book it involved quite a bit of going back to those and and just kind of seeing what god has been teaching me and it was also just a sweet time with the lord too right because a lot of times we don't recognize that he's actually crafting a story in our lives until we actually go back and say hey like look at how much he has done and he has been intentional every step of the way even if i didn't realize it until now so i think the book was writing the book was a deeply emotional time with me and god just because i i think i the feeling that i that came out of it was just a lot of gratitude with him i think um, just realizing like, hey, you have been with me throughout my entire life. Um, and writing this for other people has made me see it even more. So That stack of journals so much reminds me of that Old Testament phenomenon of like over and over and over, you see the picture of them piling stones. And so that like, well, hey, dad, what are those stones over there for? Oh, that's when God did this for our people. That's when God did this for our, our and and it's the the retelling of the stories. And every now and then, I want you guys to get together and I want you to tell the story again. So the next generation knows about when God was faithful and these stones will stand as a memorial to remind generation after generation of what he'd done here. I think in your own life to be able to look at those journals and see this is where I was, and this is where he's taken me, and this is what I've been through, but this is where I am. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I I really, really connect with that um, concept of memorial stones and Ebenezer's because I was actually telling um I was actually telling my partner this that for me, like creating this first album is kind of my way of memorializing my story because none of us are guaranteed a long life you know and in you know this year for me i um started to go through like certain health challenges that, that i think really elevated my sense of urgency that you know i really want to get these songs um beyond myself as just kind of a testimony of god's faithfulness and as a way to kind of have it live on and so i think yeah, I am very deeply fascinated with the concept of generations and having um, the story of God being passed down. And I think that's why I keep a lot of my journals and that's why I write songs and that's why I want to write. I write songs for my children, even, you know, I'm not even married, you know, um, and my children aren't even formed in any shape or fashion yet. But I think for me, like I when I write, like I think about people the ones that are coming after me and man like my deep the deep dream of my heart is to be able to pass down a legacy of intimacy with god um to my own generations and to the generations of people that listen i was sent a sneak peek of arrow and i liked the notion of this arrow in my heart is pointing at you because it it really does speak to that whole you know what is our what is our greatest joy? What is our greatest fulfillment? What is our greatest pleasure? It's 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 in the one who created us, 
and whether we whether we know that yet or not that's that's the true longing even if we don't know that's where that arrow is pointing yet but the compass is still true even if we don't recognize where it's pointing exactly and my hope honestly is for people who even people who don't know Jesus because i have quite a few people who don't know Jesus who listen to my music as well and i think that i've always longed to be um to kind of help be a heart softener a bit, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of stir people's curiosity about who God is. And so my hope for that song is that people who do know Jesus are kind of um, reawakened to like, hey, this longing is for my creator. Um, but I also really, really long for people who don't know Jesus to hear it and still, and just be curious about, you know, what this song means and what does it actually mean for my longings to point beyond what I actually think I'm longing for, you know? Yeah. The, the thing that kind of prompted this was Larry hearing the last Bandcamp album and saying these ought to come out in an album. Of these 10 songs, are they all brand new or are they some from previous Bandcamp projects you've put and you just get to, to produce more fully? Or like how much is a blend of, of brand new and, and kind of refined older songs? Um, yeah, I think I haven't written any um, brand new songs for this. Um, so quite a bit of them will be from um, previous acoustic ones, but also things that might live, you know, in a very rough sketch on like my Instagram account or my because I um, share quite a bit on my Instagram if I write something. Um, and also things that live, you know, just on my laptop alone that no one else has heard. Um, so it's it's going to be definitely songs that I have written before, um, but maybe not songs that everyone has heard through Bandcamp and things like that. Very cool. So I'm looking forward to hearing the whole project. I I was sent a link to the to I think the most recent Bandcamp project, but um, yeah, I'm I'm waiting to hear the. Them get the full treatment, so I think it'll be a treat. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as well. To be honest, Lori did an amazing job with Aru. I listen to it so often, and my heart is like arrested by it. So I'm really excited um, to continue creating with her. So you're releasing the first single, Arrow, this Friday. That'd be the, this Friday, uh, the 30th of October. When um, when does the album itself come out? And I guess also, um, can you say for everybody when the campaign itself closes? So I think we have, I'll have to get the exact date, but I think we have about 23 more days left for the campaign. Um, and we're aiming to release the full album next spring. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our goal right now, around April, May. 2022. Awesome. So will you continue to dribble out singles between now and then? Uh, well, we will do it as fast as we can. Um, I think we will tease maybe one or two um, songs between now and then, and then release the full album in the spring. And it, I mean, it whets the appetite of the listeners too, right? Because then they get excited about, oh, I love this song. Like, I wonder what's next. And so then when the album drops, it's like you get to hear the full body of work and really savor it. So. Well, very cool. I really appreciate you taking the time this evening to talk to me about this. I was excited as soon as I heard that you were launching your campaign, and I'm happy to spread the word. Thank you so, so much for the invite and for um, hosting me tonight. I'm excited as well. As we mentioned, the album is titled Bear and Bones, and while you can hear a lot of her music on her YouTube channel and her Bandcamp page, here is a clip from that first single from this album, Arrow, so you've got an idea what this 10-song studio album will sound like.
For $10, you get the download of the album and an immediate download of that first single, Arrow. For $20, you get the download of the new album, but also the download of her previous two acoustic mixtapes and five acoustic unreleased songs and their stories. For $25, you get all of that plus the new album on CD. And as she mentioned in the interview, she's also got the Arrow ebook shirts, a custom-written, personalized song, and even a one-hour virtual concert. So head over to Indiegogo and search for Candace Coker. That's C-A-N-D-A-C-E-C-O-K-E-R. This campaign closes Wednesday, November 17th. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the new album from Elise Massa. To the throne of heavenly grace, come with me. Sunrise, Songs for the Morning, is a seven-track new album offering spiritual encouragement. And His mercy is everlasting, His mercy is everlasting. Sunrise Songs for the Morning by Elise Massa is available now on Spotify, Bandcamp, and all music platforms. And look for our new interview with Elise at utrmedia.org. Let's face it, it's hard to look cool when your minivan speakers are cranking Andrew Peterson or the latest episode of The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. So the least we can do is help you look like a baller while you jam to your melancholy folk songs. That's why UTR's latest contest is for a kicking pair of Beat Solo 3 wireless headphones. Beat Solo 3 wireless headphones. You can win the headphones for free and make your neighbors think you're listening to Tupac Shakur while you're mowing your lawn, while in reality, it's tunes by Sarah Gross. Enter UTR's contest for Beat Solo 3 headphones for free at utrmedia.org. Again, that's utrmedia.org. Welcome back. So what is one way that you can become a good patron? Well, this one's going to be a bit embarrassing for me because I'll be confessing something. I get easily distracted, and I love finding out about what's new and coming soon. And while I certainly have favorite albums from even decades ago that I'll still put on, I'm also very interested in what's right now in front of me at the moment. And I think that can be good. It helps me stay fresh with new artists and new albums, and I like that. Here's where it does me a disservice. When an artist has a crowdfunding campaign, that's what's right in front of me, and I'm all in. I want to dig into it. I want to spread the word. I want to make sure you find out about it. And then a while later, I get the download, and I'll give it some listens when I first get it. But after some time goes by, and then the album goes public for the rest of the world, Everyone else is hearing it for the first time, but to me, it no longer feels like the new Fresh album. It feels like something I'd already listened to a while ago, and I've kind of already moved on to other new stuff. Here's some examples. Caroline Cobb, her campaign for a two-album project of songs that tell the story, closed in February of 2020. The Advent album, A Sea to Sunrise, came out last year, and her latest album, A King in His Kindness, just came out last month but I've had it since February of this year. We talked about the campaign for the new Stephen McNeil album back in May, and that album, The Art of Repair, just came out a couple weeks ago, but I've been listening since August. A year ago, we talked about the Kickstarter campaign for a new Pyramid Park EP, Anomaly, and it will come out in a couple of weeks, but I've been listening since July. Antoine Bradford, his GoFundMe was back in February, but his album, Light Will Find You, just came out a couple of weeks ago. We talked about the Grey Havens' support for a new album back in March. Their new album, Blue Flower, just came out last month. And this wasn't as much time passed, but it was back in August when we talked about the Benjamin Daniel album, Shelter Heart, and it just came out. Now, I feel like I do a really good job of spreading the word when the campaigns are active, but I don't nearly do as good a job at helping spread the word when the albums go public. By then, I've kind of moved on to someone else's new active campaign for their upcoming album. Now, I don't know if you're like me in that regard or not, but here's this episode's good patron challenge, first to me, and then maybe also for you. If you love an artist enough to support their campaign, 
help them catch their second wind or catch that second wave or however you want to put it, help them spread the word and get more momentum when the album actually goes public. Yes, get excited about that other artist active campaign for their new project, but also stay excited about the new public release from artists you've supported. Now, I would love to hear about what new projects you are excited about. Maybe it is the new Antoine Bradford or the Caroline Cobb or Stephen McNeil or Gray Havens or Salt of the Sound or Benjamin Daniel or Ali Crum or Mission House. Hit me up on Twitter at GoodPatron or email me goodpatronpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you've been loving lately and then help spread the word about those new albums so those artists get more momentum. Now, I've got some active campaigns and pre-orders to tell you about, so stick around to find out about them right after this quick break. This podcast is sponsored by the debut project from new husband-wife duo, Kenny and Claire. by Kenny and Claire is an EP of rewritten hymns that offer peace and comfort for those experiencing hardship. You can find Are You Weary by Kenny and Claire on Spotify and all major music platforms. This UTR Media podcast is sponsored by Amazon.com and their platform for giving back to nonprofit organizations, smile.amazon.com. The next time you need to buy a backpack, computer, book, glue sticks, Ultra HD TV, or fidget spinner, millions of products, and you type in AMA, stop right there. And instead, type in smile.amazon.com. It's the exact same website, exact same products, but now you can type in UTR Media as your supporting organization and Amazon will donate 0.5% of all eligible purchases to UTR. You literally pay the same price and get the same prime benefits, but UTR Media gets supported thanks to you being a kind and thoughtful shopper. If you shop with the Amazon app, you can load up your shopping cart and then go to smile.amazon.com to check out and you will be unlocking free money to support this mission. Again, go to smile.amazon.com for your online shopping and select to support UTR Media. Welcome back. Now, a couple of these campaigns you're going to hear about are ones I heard about because the artists themselves are a fan, gave me a heads up about them. So if you are an artist that's going to launch a campaign, or if you're a fan and saw an artist or band you love just launched a campaign or pre-order, be sure to let me know. You can message me on Twitter at GoodPatron or email me goodpatronpodcast at gmail.com. And just so you know, I'll have the links to all these campaigns we're going to talk about in the show notes. So if you're doing something and can't really stop to go to the campaign right now, I totally understand, and I got you covered. If you are a fan of thoughtful, well-produced music, you are probably already aware of the music of Sarah Groves. A couple weeks back, she announced a new album, her 14th full-length studio album, What Makes It Through, will be coming out November 12th. But she's offering a pre-order at her website that gets you the entire download version immediately, and it is so good. She did release a clip of the first track, The Soul of Things, on her Facebook page, so I don't think I'm spoiling things by letting you at least hear that clip so you've got an idea what this album will sound like. So here's a clip of that song, The Soul of Things. How is it a stranger know you for a moment Call out pretty closely what it takes years to name And why is it so hard to tell yourself the truth To see into the soul of things 
her tier one package is the immediate download of the album for $10. Now, she's not releasing a regular Digipack or Jewel Case CD. Instead, for tier two, she's putting out a deluxe CD book with a CD, chord charts, song lyrics, behind the scenes photo, and an art print for $30. For $85, there's tier three that includes all of that, plus a shirt, a journal, stickers, a puzzle, and a live stream CD release concert. So head over to sarahgroves.shop, that's Sarah without an H, to check out the pre-order. But get your pre-order in before the album comes out November 12th. If you've heard of The Promise is Hope, then you've already heard of the married couple, folk singer, songwriter duo behind this upcoming campaign, but they've changed their name to use their actual names, Ash and Eric and they've launched a Kickstarter campaign for what will be their third album to be titled Sure, along with an accompanying 25-minute film. And this will be the first album they will self-produce. Now, if you've seen any of their beautiful music videos before, they'll be working again with Ben Trussell for the upcoming film. Ben's been the mastermind behind all their previous music videos. Here's a clip of their first single off this project, the song Gold, so you've got an idea what it will sound like. gets you to download the album as soon as it's done, along with a secret link to the film as soon as it's done, and a PDF of images and handwritten lyrics. For $20, they also throw in an EP of re-recorded versions of some of their earlier songs. For $25, you get all of that plus the CD of the new album. And they've got other options, including a printed lyric book, a shirt, access to a virtual film screening with Q&A, handwritten lyrics, and even a house show if you're on the East Coast of the USA. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Ash and Eric. That's Eric with a C. This campaign closes Thursday, November 18th. Josiah Zimmerman has launched a Kickstarter campaign under the name Josiah Z for a debut album to be titled Lift Your Eyes. And he's been working on these songs for a couple years now. These songs come out of a time of loneliness and uncertainty that he and his wife had gone through. And they allowed him to grieve, but also helped lift him out of despair. And he knows he and his wife are not the only ones who are going through things. So he's hoping these songs will be helpful for you as well. He's already released one single for the project, the song Pretty Soon. Here's a clip of that song so you'll get a feel for what it sounds like. Pretty soon I'm gonna wake up And all this will be gone All this will be soon I'm gonna see him I'll be laughing in his arms crying in his arms I'll take the wings upon the dawn and I will rise up with the sun $10 gets you the download of the EP $20 gets you a CD and stickers and a notebook and then he's got other options including lyric prints keychains demos and artwork prints so head over to Kickstarter and search for Josiah Z. This campaign closes Sunday, November 14th. Mike Westendorf has been involved in music and ministry for years, having recorded 10 albums since 2004. Now he's launched a Kickstarter campaign for a project titled His Name is Jesus, a new music and devotional CD and DVD for Advent and Christmas. The album will have some new songs and some fresh arrangements of Christmas favorites, and they'll include a DVD with four 20-minute devotionals to use as you celebrate Advent. Here's a clip from the campaign page of Nativity Song, so you've got an idea what this will sound like. Mary's heart is filled with wonder Joseph's given words to ponder
For $10, you can either choose the download of the album as soon as it's ready or the download of the Advent videos. For $25, you get the 10-song CD and the four devotional DVD. And he's got more options to include a shirt and even a house concert. So head over to Kickstarter and search for His Name is Jesus. This campaign closes Saturday, November 20th. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've probably already heard of the Jen Miller Music Collective. We've covered a couple of her campaigns over the years. Back in episode 36, we talked about the Kickstarter campaign for this upcoming album, The Architect. Well, the album comes out digitally November 19th, but they're running a pre-order right now for folks who missed out on the Kickstarter. So if you head over to Jen Miller Music Collective, You can pre-order the CD and pre-release instant downloads right now. Here's a clip of The Flat on Church Street, one of the songs off this new album, so you've got an idea what it'll sound like. Sad comes creeping up my bones, settles in our home. It's so heavy You come home for one whole hour See the kids and shower Then it's over I am standing here $10 gets the new CD, which she expects to have out by December. So head over to JenMillerMusicCollective.com to check that out before November 19th. I want to thank John Hetherington for reaching out and letting me know about the Pretty Brown Reconciliation Project over at Fundraiser.com. This project is intended to honor David Campbell and the First Peoples in Canada and beyond. This project will be a trilogy of songs and spoken word and videos. The first song will be a new version of his uncle David Campbell's 1977 song, Pretty Brown, which was a very affirmative song about First Peoples and a positive statement about the beauty of Native peoples in the Americas. The second song will be a collaboration of Indigenous Canadians and is inspired by and honors residential school students and their families. And the third portion will be a spoken word piece with a focus on relational reconciliation. The ultimate goal would be to create bridge-building encounter groups in Canada like what had been pioneered in South Africa. Here is a clip of that song, Pretty Brown, by David Campbell from 1977. Turn around, dry your eyes, pretty brown. In the city did you find the good times you had in mind? Reservation, child, the city's not your home. Put it behind, turn round your mind. And you will find you smile pretty brown. Head over to fundraiser.com, that's F U N D R A Z R.com, and search for Pretty Brown to help this project come to life. If you were into alternative rock or shoegaze music or tooth and nail records back in the 90s, you might remember Morella's Forest. Their debut album, Super Deluxe, is getting the Super Deluxe treatment by the record label Lost in Ohio. And we've talked about them before and some of the great work they've been doing. They have launched a Kickstarter campaign to remaster and reissue this album on vinyl, and you can get it in orange or green vinyl. Now here's a clip of the Morales Forest song, Hang Out, so you got an idea what they sounded like. For $30, you can either get the orange vinyl or the green vinyl or a shirt and poster. For $55, you can combine any two of those, so both vinyl or one vinyl and a shirt and poster combo, or you get everything for $80. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Super Deluxe. This campaign closes Thursday, November 11th. 
And while we're talking about vinyl reissues of 90s projects, if you listened to The Prayer Chain back when they were putting out albums, perhaps you already know about this next band, The Lassie Foundation. They put out music back in the 90s after The Prayer Chain was done, and it includes Wayne Everett and Eric Campisano from The Prayer Chain, and were mostly active between 96 and 2008. Well, they launched a Kickstarter campaign to put out their first two albums, California and Pacifico, on vinyl, and have remastered them. For $60, you get the two EPs on vinyl, along with digital downloads. For $75, those are signed by the band. And they've got options for a, a thumb drive with demos and reprints of early concert posters. So if you were a fan of the Lassie Foundation and are into vinyl, head over to Kickstarter and check this out. The campaign closes Sunday, November 28th. I've got a couple things I'm going to ask you to do. Subscribe to or follow the podcast so you hear each episode when it comes out. Follow the show on Twitter at Good Patron so you see us tweeting about campaigns. And join the Crowdfunding Christian Music Group on Facebook if you're on Facebook so that you can join in on the discussion about these and all the other campaigns that are sure to be going on. I really hope at least one of these campaigns or artists this episode has connected with you and you'll follow up and check it out. If you end up backing any of the campaigns, or if you have any questions or feedback, or if you want to give me a heads up about a campaign I should know about, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me via email, goodpatronpodcast at gmail.com, or reach out on Twitter at goodpatron or in the Facebook group. I am excited to keep digging into the topic of how to be a good patron, and I hope I encourage you in your journey from fan to patron. Until next episode, remember, great music doesn't just happen. So get involved. Good Patron Podcast is proud to be a part of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and found online at utrmedia.org.